Good morning. How's everyone doing? Good. 2019. There it is. Um, I haven't gotten to share in a little while. Um, one of the uh, one of the words we received at the beginning of this church 13 years ago was to not build upon any one person's gift. And so some of you wonder, why do I not share every week? Or why does someone else not share every week? And it's because we're trying to hear from the grace of the body. Uh, we're committed to building around Jesus and not one person's gifting. But I do love to speak God's word, and so I'm excited to do it this morning. We want to create an atmosphere in here uh, where the Holy Spirit is welcome. I believe we've been doing that all morning. Um, it was a frustrating preparation process because God refused to give me a teaching. But I believe I have something I'm carrying. Maybe it's more of a prophetic word to us, um, not in the sense of predicting the future, but in talking about who God is that builds us up. And, um, and so I'm, I'm praying that something's caught this morning and not just practicals. It's good when we teach practically what to do, but I feel like we're supposed to catch the substance of who God is this morning. Are you up for that? So I'm just creating a context. So let's just open our hands and our hearts this morning. Spirit of wisdom and revelation, if you don't show us Jesus, we have no prayer of seeing him. We want to know you more. What we know of you, God, is a fraction of you. So will you move us from familiar to fascinated again? I pray that you would begin encountering people in this room with the substance of the word, not just the words I'm speaking. Your words create atmosphere. You said that your words are life and they are spirit. They change realities. They bring the invisible to the visible. So would you do that today? Because I cannot. That would be so much fun. Amen. Amen. You have permission to encounter God off subject of anything I'm saying. I'm praying for an environment where God meets you today. Would that be okay? Awesome. 2019 is coming. Are you ready? Ready or not, it's, it's coming. So um, by the grace of God, we'll all make it there. Um, and so 2019 is upon us. As Dave said, we're in a transition. And um, People react differently to transitions, but what I know from going through just a few transitions is every, re, every transition requires faith. Every transition requires faith. There's also two, two T's in that word, which are the cross. It requires a full surrender, which is our faith. And um, there's a dying and a living in the transition. It requires faith. And um, I've said this before, but the thing that is bringing me confidence in the middle of this transition, really two things. One is that for 13 years and really my whole life, Jesus has been miraculously faithful. But the whole history of this people, he has led us incredibly well. He's an amazing leader, and he's led us in his miraculous faithfulness. And he's not going to change his character right now to us. The second thing that's bringing me confidence is all of your beautiful faces and lives and those who aren't here this morning in the extended Nava traveling contingent. And um, it is because you are a people of faith. I have watched this. I have witnessed this. And so we are not alone in our faith. We are together in our faith. These two things are bringing me incredible confidence in this transition. Jesus is miraculously faithful and always will be. And this is a people of faith. And so as I'm looking at 2019, I'm looking at it with confidence. And that's good. That's exciting for me. Um, one 
phrase I felt the Father give me looking at this morning is, when we remember God is faithful, we are full of faith for the future. It's, we just sang it. It's in songs. You probably know this. But when we remember God is faithful, we are full of faith for the future. It is historic reality of the saints that they call to mind the past in which God has been faithful. And when they call his fullness of faith, his faithfulness to heart and to mind, they are filled with faith for the future. Thankfulness unlocks faith. It's a reality in the kingdom of God. It's a reality in the Psalms. It's a reality in the saints that we read about in Scripture. I could not be more excited about going through all of the lives of the ordinary men and women who have followed God in faith and trust over the next year as we unfold the Scripture together. Remembering that He has always been faithful so that we are full of faith for the future. And so... In light of this, I've been reflecting obviously a lot on what this is even coming to this building and this last season over almost two years. And, um, and I'm going to take a little walk down memory lane with us just for some remembrance stones. I want to remember he is faithful. I myself forget when I walk in this building that this entire thing is a miracle. That right now you're sitting in a journal entry. In 2010, I had a dream in which God said and unfolded to our core team that he would give us this school. We didn't have the millions of dollars that it took to move here. We didn't have the connection through all the red tape that it took to get it from the school district. But God is faithful. You're sitting in the invisible made visible. You're actually sitting in faith right now. You're sitting in something that I felt so crazy even writing down that I never, ever imagined could possibly happen. But yet God promised. And as David said last week, God moves in two speeds, slow and suddenly. From our perspective, slow and suddenly. And so it felt really slow, but then suddenly God acted and millions of dollars were spent. A divine phone call was made. We were invited to be the first ones to move into this place. God did this. And we said from the beginning, beginning, it's not about a building. The building is prophesying to your life immeasurably more. Immeasurably more than you can ask or you can pray. According to the power that what? Lives in you. Do you know you have an immeasurably more God and you're living in an immeasurably more story? And we did not sign up for a story that we can do. We signed up for a story that only God can live through us. I don't want to live a life that I can somehow come up with. How glorifying to God is that? I want to live a life that only the God of immeasurably more can live through my body. Isn't that our family? And so it is the momentum of our asking and our imagining, which both require faith. If you pray little, you have little faith. Because prayer is the posture that I cannot and God must do it. Where we receive promises that we can't make happen. And so asking and imagining 
is the momentum that creates immeasurably more. Remember David? David who said, God, I want to build you a house. And God's like, I don't really want to live in a house, but okay. But how about I do you one better? I will take the momentum of your asking, the momentum of your imagining, and I will make you an eternal dynasty. I'm going to upgrade you beyond imagination. You see, when you begin asking and you begin imagining, it creates momentum in which God moves and lives and does way, way more than you're asking or imagining. Isn't that awesome? He's an immeasurably more God. We sat for almost a year in Ephesians, seeing God on display in all of life through you and I and ordinary people. He's the immeasurably more God. We have an immeasurably more story. That has not changed. Has he changed? It's wonderful. And one of the key lessons in that whole time of going through immeasurably more was the word praise. Because we needed to praise like never before. Because everything we thought that was going to go well did not go well. People, well, a very significant friend who was directing this facility lost his job immediately. We had a flood. People started to get sick. We lost one of our dear ones and one of our children. Two men that were a part of this community passed away and went to be with the Lord. And on and on and on, God began to say, is your praise bigger than your problems? Is your praise running deeper than your pain? Out of this immeasurably more time came a people who know how to praise God. Is he faithful to us? He has been so faithful. And there was so much more in that season. Let's not forget when he moves us on from this place that he did something that we were not able to do and he is prophesying to us about our future. We moved into a season of pray, 40, 30, we prayed through the night for 30 nights and we prayed deeply into the foundations of this place and in, of the city and we cried out to the Lord and we read the whole Bible through out loud in that prayer space. We worshiped the Lord and in this season we went deeper than we had ever gone before into dependency on the Holy Spirit as a family. We've always believed in the rhythms of prayer but God was taking us deeper in that season. 2018 has been one of the most remarkable years in our history. Something began to shift out of the prayer season and the praise season. And we began to see something deep happen, a work of the Holy Spirit. I received an incredible prophetic word. And this is one of the keys to faith is that you recall the promises and you rehearse the prophetic words. If you want to stir yourself to faith when you're not seeing the invisible come into the visible, you remember what he has said over and over and over. Amen? Who's, who's banked on these words in your life? Who's rehearsed the words? And I've read this hundreds, if not more, times. A word sent to us. I felt the Father prompt me to encourage you. Well done, good and faithful son. Don't let go. Keep holding God's big dreams in your heart. Don't let go. Nava is growing into adulthood and greater maturity. 
a church that will influence influential spheres, every sphere of influence, shaping and transforming society and culture, giving birth to a new humanity like Isaiah 61, like Jeremiah 616. Be ready for 2018. This was sent just as the new year was coming. It will be a significant season of the supernatural, and it has been. God's speaking afresh. This year will become another important marker in the journey. 2018 will be like 2009, 2010. It will be a key time of transition and positioning. Significant supernatural direction, a time of new dreams, messages from angels, walking out on the water, getting out of the boat, keep trusting. Let Jesus define your reality. Nava is beautiful and precious to the Father. And the Father is thankful for all that has been poured out from your hearts and lives. Keep holding God's big dream in your heart. Don't let go. 2018 has been marked by God. Little did I know that just as the year was closing, we would have to step out of the boat. We would have to trust God in a new way. Maybe God's word is true. Maybe the words that don't make sense for months and months and months, God's waiting for the moment of suddenly. And I have rehearsed 2018, as we moved into this year, though we went through the season of praise, all of the pain took its toll. I don't know about you, but crying with people, losing a loved one or children, that deeply impacts you. Walking with my own wife through chronic sickness, walking with friends through loss. We learn to praise, but it doesn't mean that that moment doesn't leave a scar. And God said, would you possibly dare to lay bare your hearts as a family and show me the deepest places of disappointment? From last January all the way until May, in something so sacred I've never been a part of with a group of people, every single week we just stayed there learning to grieve disappointment. We called it against all hope. And what we found out is that if we would be willing to give God our deepest places of pain and disappointment, that he would be the faithful God who would bring forth resurrection hope. There was a picture that everyone had a ticket to hope. We were standing at the airport and some were taking off and others were going, looking at their ticket and going, when's my turn? When's my flight leave into resurrection? We saw as Week after week, month after month, God met our entire body with deep, resounding, lasting hope. I think of Tom Wilson crying out at our retreat, after 35 years, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. I mean, that is hope. I think of I think of Katie Egley standing right here, having lost a child and preaching the resurrection on Easter in a way that I've never heard. Out of disappointment, hope in Christ eternal. And on and on and on, God gave us back our breath. And Colossians 1.5 says, out of hope, check this out, spring forth love and faith. That was the next season. We didn't know we were following the Lord. And he said, now, love Kansas City. Believe me, we've tried for 13 years. But there's something different. When the hope of resurrection in the Spirit fills your heart and lungs and sails and propels you to love your neighbor. 
throughout the summer in a way that I've never seen in our history. We as a family decided to take the aching, longing love of God, longing to bring home the world, and to go in the most practical ways to bless our neighbors. In our WhatsApp group, there's more than 70 stories of neighboring all over the city opening up and sharing our tables, sharing our homes, sharing our meals, sharing our lives, sharing Christ, sharing our time. This is what a movement of blessing looks like. And we sat in this idea to begin in prayer, to listen to people, to go like Jesus said and eat with them in their homes, in their spaces, to then serve them and share the story of God. And this blessing that we've been blessed with in hope has begun to multiply in our lives, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces. We are loving Kansas City in a way that I've never seen this family do. It's incredible. And that took us all the way up till we felt the Lord say, okay, I want you to trust me with a faith fund to multiply mission throughout the city and the nations. We had no idea what to expect and the faith fund is where you actually ask God for money you don't have to multiply mission in his world. And this family pledged $175,000 to mobilize mission. Every dollar going to see the gospel spread and disciples made. Already, we're getting stories of the fruit being born out of the money being given in faith. The faith fund was like a crescendo on this Love Kansas City season. But the word kept coming back to us from so many. They were like, thank you so much for doing this because it's teaching me something greater. And this was the greater. We had several people come to us and say, I'm not sure if this is right or whatever, but I feel like I'm the faith fund. I mean, doesn't it make sense? We want to live a story that only God can live through us. We need him to give us words, resources, ideas, time, thoughts that we do not have, that we can live, that we can spend on his glory in the world. Guess what? We are the faith fund. Our lives are being spent for the worship of Jesus. This beautiful thing of where we're giving our money is teaching us something greater and grander. And as I meditated on this idea of what do you have coming into 2019, over and over this was the word that I felt coming. And it, it was simply faith. Faith. God is leading us in a beautiful transition moment. He's spoken very clearly a new wineskin, new wine, that we should trust him and step out on his word to follow the lamb wherever he would go. Over and over we've been singing, whatever you say, wherever you go, lamb of God, we will follow. Whatever you say, Wherever you go, Lamb of God, we will follow. You are worthy. You are worthy. Whatever you say, wherever you go, Lamb of God, we will follow. He, he, he loves that song, but he actually takes us seriously when we sing it. Faith. We're in a transition, and every 
transition requires faith. We're being led to follow Jesus into the unknown. But we're also being led to follow Jesus into what I would like to call the overly known. We don't know a couple things. We don't know where we'll gather on Sundays or where we'll office. But that is not what worries me in this transition. What I find requiring much more faith than what we don't know, which is where we spend just a little bit of our time, I, I find what's requiring the most faith for me in this transition is everything that I do already know. This is what is deeply taking hold of me. All that I know. I know that every one of us is called to surrender everything to Jesus Christ. To surrender your pride and my pride. To surrender my possessions and all that I have. To surrender my position and everything I think I've earned. To surrender my privilege. To surrender my power. To surrender my comfort. These things are requiring faith from me that I know about and yet I do not want to do. We don't know where we will gather we don't know where we will have offices. We know that we are required to surrender everything to Jesus. This is requiring much more faith for me. We know that we are being called before we wake up in the morning and open the app on our phone to open up our Bibles and open up our hearts to the presence of God and let the word and the spirit do its work on our lives. I cannot think of anything more radical in a post-Christian culture than people waking up and opening their Bibles and their hearts before their apps on their phones. Me included. Addiction central. I'm talking about what I know is that I am called to practice the way of Jesus in the world. It is not inspiring unless you do it. I'm worried. Uh, I can be worried and preoccupied about what I don't know, which seems sexy and inspiring and could be really cool and keeps me fascinated. But this huge body of things that I know about are actually requiring more faith in 2019. We know that we are called to be a prayerful people that brings his presence into all of life. We know that unless we go and share Jesus, people will not believe. And we know that will cost us our reputation when we do it, and that is what requires our faith. We know that there are people in this city right now who have been systemically oppressed for generations, and unless we fight for them, they will remain that way. We know that. We just don't want to walk in that way of Jesus. We know that we are called to use our homes for hospitality, but we would prefer that our homes be castles that we seek refuge from the world. 
We know that we're called to model Jesus to our children in everyday life, but it is so difficult to do. Who's with me over break? That has been rough. I am the least Christian sometimes in my household. It is embarrassing. I know this. This requires my faith to be a Christian in front of my children. Where are we going to meet on Sundays? This requires my faith to be a follower of Jesus. This is requiring everything. We know that nations will remain unreached unless we go and give our lives for them. We know this. It's all in the Bible. There is a very small percentage that we don't know that is important. But I'm telling you what is absolutely troubling me is all that I know. And like a man who looks in the mirror, I am so familiar, I walk away and forget what it was. I hear like a foolish man and I don't walk it out. This is requiring my faith. What is requiring my faith is requiring my life. And what's troubling me most about this transition is there's nothing cool left to tell you guys. Except go be Christians. Like, I don't know what to say. All I'm longing for is a movement of Christians. I don't know what that's going to take in America. That is requiring my faith in my own life. I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to multiply his way with his family everywhere I go. And this is my faith. This is what I feel is required. And 1 Timothy says this about that. Paul to his son, fight the good fight of faith, is the word. Faith is a fight worth fighting for. Faith is a, fa faith is a fight worth fighting for, right? It is... It is it is worthy. It is called a good fight. You, there's not many fights that you can say are good. But, but this fight is good. It is worthy of all of our lives. And it is a fight. It is a fight as old as humanity. When a little snake came into the garden and said, you can't trust that guy. Lean on yourself. Make your own way. It's a fight as old as humanity. It is a good fight. It is a fight that is supremely important. A fight that, that says about faith, it is impossible to please God without it. It's a, it's a worthy and good fight to keep your heart alive on fire with trust in God, the invisible. It is a good and worthy fight. It is a fight on which hangs the glory of God brought into the world through your life. It's a good and beautiful fight. It will require everything you have. And faith is what got you born into this kingdom. And faith is the birthright of your sonship as the beloved. 
Faith is the atmosphere you now live in. It's what your spirit, born of the Holy Spirit, now does. It believes and trusts in God. Nava, you are a people who believes God. That's who you are. It's a, it's a fight. It's a fight with your flesh, what you want, what makes you comfortable every day. It's a fight. It's a fight against the father of lies who tries to diminish you and tell you you're not beloved. Try to tell you you're not unique. Try to tell you you don't have something to bring to the world. It is a fight against the father of lies. It's a fight for the future. It's a fight where you have to dial in again and again to what is invisible, to what is unseen, and bring it into what is seen. To bring heaven, which is invisible, into earth, which is visible. To bring the will, which not is not yet, into this earth, so it shall be done. Right now, we don't see everything subject to Jesus, but we see Jesus, Hebrews says, and we are bringing everything into subjection to him. It's a good fight, a fight that will require everything, not so much for what you don't know, but for everything that you already know. That is the fight. That is like the battleground of faith in 2019. We are going to spend many months just trying to teach ourselves what does it mean to learn the way of Jesus as a family, to order our hearts and our households around Christ. We're going to be teaching a picture, which is a house, how to be baptized into the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit, and then live out into maturity all his commands because we love the King. We love his commands. And he is with us, and he has all authority. But this is the battleground of our faith. All that we already know, and we are the most knowing people, the most knowing Christians who have ever lived on the face of the earth, and that is where our faith fight lies. It's deep. It's real. Can you feel it as I say it? You're like, ah, I know a lot of stuff about God. But he is with us. He's good. With faith, mountains can move into the sea. With faith, history can be moved and changed. With faith, we move the heart of God. You know your faith is something you have to give him right now in a way that you'll never, ever be able to give him into the ages to come when you live with him? Do you know that when you trust him, when everything's going this way and you trust God, it moves his heart and worship and glorifies him and adorns him with beauty in a way you'll never be able to give him that gift when you live with him and know as you are known. Right now, you look through a glass dimly. You do not see him, yet you love him, and you are filled with inexpressible joy, First Peter says. Right now, you have a gift to give Jesus every day that will honor him and glorify him in a way that is eternally priceless. Isn't that incredible? I want to bring him my lavish faith over and over and over again. Faith is a fight supremely important. And faith grows in this fight. The scripture calls us to this. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. I love this. Jesus wrote your faith into existence. And Jesus is the one who keeps perfecting it, growing it. And Luke 17, the disciples say, Jesus, increase our faith. 
Increase our ability to have confident trust in you. How does faith grow? What does it look like? Well, when we begin to ask God to increase our faith, watch out, we're in the fight. Our faith grows in the fight. I've been thinking a lot about my uh, a dear friend of mine, Tom Speckle, who kind of trains me in physical training. He is brutal with a smile. This is Jesus. I'm telling you, Jesus has been talking to me through Tom's training in this season. Tom brings me wisely to the end of my capacity over and over again with a huge smile on his face. He brings me all the way through pain and through things I didn't think I could do physically to bring me to the point where I cannot, my muscles cannot anymore, and then something happens. They expand their capacity. They grow. Not very much yet, but you see I'm on my way. You see I'm on my way. And I've been saying, here's my line when Tom brutally with a smile trains me. You have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. I tell myself like a thousand times. It's brutal. And when he's maxing me out, sometimes I'm grunting so much, my eyes are closed, and I get done with it. I'm like, I did it. He goes, yeah, you did it. He helped me just a little bit. He spotted me. And isn't that how this works? He brings you to the edge of what you can do, but there are his fingers and there is his smile, and all of a sudden he's helping you and you think you did it. You think you did the whole thing. Faith grows in a fight. And if you want your faith to increase, and I believe the Lord wants to take us to new faith in 2019, we will have to be in a fight where we are stretched beyond what we're able to do so that he can be God and we can grow in our capacity. He will take us to the end of ourselves as we fix our eyes on Jesus. He's strict, but he's got a smile. He wants the fullness out of your life, but he's there to help bring it forth. He knows you. He made you. He is going to bring forth the glory of his faith out of your heart. Because in truth, there's only one believer and his name is Jesus Christ. And the only time we ever believe is when he shares his faith with us. His perfect, beautiful faith in the Father. It's a good fight of faith. And this week I was hanging out with a friend and the Lord, as I love, called an audible and said, you need to just have him share on Sunday. It was like two days ago. So I want to welcome up my friend, Dylan Mortimer. Let's give him a round of applause. As he comes, uh, a little introduction. Dylan is a son of the Father. He has favor with God and favor with man. He is a beautiful brother, and he's faithful to the Lord. He's been in a good fight of faith, and I couldn't think of anybody better to talk to us about what does the good fight look like, embodied. He's also an artist. He's got favor in the art world. And artists, you know, they're prophesying everywhere they go. They're leading the culture, and we must receive them. God's told us that from the beginning of this church. 
So I felt like, let's have the artist, let's have the son, let's have him embody the prophecy of fighting the good fight of faith. And so I want to welcome him to share with us. Thanks, bro. Thank you, brother. Amen. it is an honor. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Honor to be here with you guys. Um, I've known some of you for a long time. But for those who don't know me, I was born with a respiratory disease called cystic fibrosis, a degenerative lung condition that's genetic, you know, so I was born with it. And it ended up in me needing a double lung transplant two years ago. So here uh, in this picture, my old lungs, my new lungs on the right. Amen. <laughs> yeah, so an extremely excruciating, painful process. Uh, three months of rehab, which were grueling and yet filled with more gratitude than I ever have been to be alive and to be breathing and to receive that kind of gift, right? That someone would give their lungs to me that I might live. You know, someone had to die so that I could live. I feel like I've heard this story before. <laughs> we all need a donor, amen? Yes, so uh, next picture, uh, do you have the, okay. So uh, they give you a number, mine was 1532. I was a 1,532nd person in St. Louis to receive new lungs. My dad goes, um, you need to check out Luke 1532, <laughs> the prodigal son story, the older son is all in his feelings about the younger brother and the father says to him, hey, we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is now alive. Oh, come on, somebody. So these last two years have been filled with unspeakable joy, doing things I physically could never have done before, climbing mountains with my boys, riding bikes with them, wrestling with them. They, Three months out of transplant, they're like, you got new lungs, let's wrestle. You know, like, Just give me a minute. So uh, it's, it's been incredible. And so the next slide, what I do is I'm an artist, and we live in New York City now, um, and I make artwork about this. So this piece is a rendition, yeah, you can, you know, rendition of the surgery. Um, healthy, shiny cells coming into me. I'm there being operated, the doctors have halos that are kind of like the cellular forms, and I'm wearing Air Jordans on the operating table. <laughs> Didn't really happen, but this is how I imagined it, you know? Because there's air in the shoes, I need air in my lungs. So, um, we felt God's call to New York City to go back. <clears throat> Two weeks before we do this, they find rejection in the new lungs. And so we're like, no, we still feel a call to do this. Um, so we go back, and my lung function has declined from 95% to 15%. So it's a struggle for me to breathe right now. Uh, this is devastating. It is sad. It is tragic. Here's what God has been speaking to me. In the story of Lazarus, right? God, uh, Jesus goes to heal and raise Lazarus from the dead. He knows he's going to do this. And yet, when he comes there, what does he do? He weeps with them. He weeps with them. And everything in your humanness, right, is like, why, why don't you just say it's going to be okay? I'm going to raise you from the dead. Don't worry. He weeps with them. 
And that's not even the part, you guys. He, it, when you think about it, he is sadder than they are about their own situation, right? And the reason he can be sadder than they are about their own situation is because he has more hope than they know how to have because he is the hope. So he has the range, the capacity to go, I, I am sadder than they are, and simultaneously, I have more hope than they have. He is sadder about my situation than I know how to be because he has more hope than I know how to have because he is the hope. Are we preaching? <laughs> So as we wrestle through this crazy difficult time, we know God is, is pressing us into the greater capacity for sadness and joy simultaneously. And so one morning, God woke me up at about 5 a.m. and just simply said to me, I want you to trust me more than your own breath. I'm like, Noted, um, God, how do I do it? How do I press into that? And so the last several months has been us growing painfully, difficultly, but joyfully into we serve a God who is realer, more authentic and genuine than your breathing. He's closer to you than that. And you can rely on him more than your own breath. That's some good news. It's not easy news all the time, but he is there, he is present, more than your breathing is. So we're going back to New York uh, tomorrow, and they will likely list me for a second double lung transplant. I know all of you know what it's like to just go like, haven't I been through enough, God? <laughs> just, can we just, that's a good enough story. Can we just ride out with that one? He has more for you. He has more for you because you can trust him more than your own breath. So that, that's my charge to you as we're in, you know, this difficult season. We have sadness and we have hope. You have sadness. You have hope because you serve one who is sadder than you are about your own situation, has more joy than you know how to have because he is the hope. You can trust him more than your breath. Amen? Amen. Thank you guys for having me. I know some of you are probably already wanting to get up and pray for miracles for Dylan. And one of my favorite things about him is he never refuses prayer. <laughs> and at the end, I actually want to take some time and I want us to surround him as well and pray for him. Um, <clears throat> we're in a good fight of faith. When I hung out with Dylan yesterday and he said, God's charged me to trust him more than my own breath, I thought, isn't that the scripture? It says the righteous live by faith. They don't live by their breath. They actually live by faith. We don't live on every word, on, on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from God's mouth. And I felt this challenge about the good fight of faith in the life of someone embodying it, that there was something being deposited and transferred to us as a family that the Lord 
had on his heart to strengthen us with faith. And uh, I feel like the rest of the morning is just to receive the deposit from the Holy Spirit. And as we walk into 2019, and the battleground of faith is what we know and not just what we don't know, that we would live the way of Jesus, we need to recall the promises of God. Get out the promises in the written word and get out the promises in the spoken word of prophecy to your heart and recall them over and over again. Let your heart be exposed to the reality of the invisible. Take those promises and let them change your perspective until you fix your eyes on Jesus and everything else, even your own breath, becomes smaller. Don't wait for a crisis. Allow faith to come now. Invite the increase of your faith. And as your perspective is changing, he's inviting you again to praise. Because we're going to need faith to still keep hope in those places of ancient or historic disappointment. We're going to still need faith to continue to love Kansas City and bless our neighbors, to continue to multiply all that he has established in us. It will take faith, remembering his promises, rehearsing his promises, changing our perspective, turning them into praise. And God is inviting us to that prayerful place. And so that is the posture of this next season. And the Lord is going to do it. And when I was preparing this, I got so frustrated over and over because the only thing coming out of me really was poetry. And I'm not much of a poet. Well, I'm learning. Maybe I shouldn't say that. That's diminishment, Adam Shirelli. Right. He's a major encourager. Um, Poetry was coming out of me. And I think it's a gift because poetry is not for the head. It's for the heart. And so is art. It's for a heart. It's to stir something beyond what we're, uh, our cognitive thinking. It's to stir the fire of faith in us somehow. And so he gave me a, a poem. He gave me a prophecy about faith. And I have one for everyone when they leave, if you want it. And on the back of it is something just really practical. It just says, how has he been faithful to you in 2018? And where in your life is God inviting you to greater faith in 2019? And I have the scriptures I've been meditating on. This is over months and months in this transition. I just keep reading about faith. And this is the reflection of worship out of my heart. So I want to invite us to close our eyes, if we will, and imagine. I didn't put it on a screen purposely for us to read, but for us to receive by the Spirit. I'm actually praying for encounter when I read this. I'm praying for a transaction and a deposit of the Holy Spirit in our heart. So I invite you as I read it. The heroes of the faith are not so different from us. Ordinary people who chose to live in trust. Many of them died not seeing the promise fulfilled. Eyes on a city that only God could build. The world wasn't worthy of these humble saints of old. And still throughout the ages, their story will be told. If we listen closely, 
Their voices we can hear. Lifting our courage, drowning out our fear. Cheering us onward to run the race marked out. Shedding our entanglements, shaking off our doubt. Fixing our eyes on the author of our faith. The one and only Lord of all who is worthy of our praise. Let us pause and enter in to what it means to believe. Because faith is our inheritance, let us now receive. Faith is not fantasy. It reaches into God's reality, a future only he can see and calls us to believe. Beckons us beyond, beyond what we can dream, beyond what is possible, beyond what we have seen. It is born of the Spirit and more than we can feel. By faith and not just by sight is how we know what's real. Faith is not just in the clouds, it meets us where we live. It asks us to love and serve, be generous and give. It is more than lofty thoughts that someday will come true. It leads us into action with the hurting, lost, and broken, always in our view. Yes, faith and works go together and without the other are dead. Living out our faith is more than what is said. Faith is being confident where there is no proof at all. Breathing in trust like we're living before the fall. It steps out on promises like walking on solid ground. Wandering in the wilderness feeling lost. But still we're found. Faith acknowledges we are frail and powerless but knows he is strong and limitless. Yes, faith is not limited to our human limitation. It is clothed in miracles and ushers in salvation. Faith rests on his power. Faith thrives in his pleasure. We are jars of clay and faith is our treasure. Faith is tested like gold in the fire. Its value is worth more than all we could possibly desire. It burns deep and strong in the marrow of our bones, beckons us onward towards our heavenly home. We groan. We are tried. Faith rises from within. And in a gentle whisper says, you can trust in him. Faith bursts forth in barrenness, exploding with a song. Your children are coming. Wait, it won't be long. It feels the pain and agony of every earthly loss, but refuses its misery and glories in its cost. Praise and highest honor will spring forth from its womb, 
adorning heaven's sun, risen from the tomb. Death, where is your sting? Grave your victory. Jesus conquered both, and he's given us the key. So sing, 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 barren one. Sing with all your might before the answer comes. Sing to the fear. Sing until it's done. Sing to your circumstance. Sing to the sun. Our faith is rooted in the Son of God, the man from Galilee, the humble servant-hearted King who suffered for you and me. Our faith will live forever in his forever risen life. He, our courageous bridegroom, and we, his rescued wife. This faith will know no boundaries and finally will win, conquering even death in the depths of human sin. We raise our hearts, our eyes, our praise to the Lamb upon the throne, Jesus Christ, the faithful one, our faith in Him alone. Jesus Christ, the faithful one, our faith in Him alone. Let us listen and respond however your heart responds to this worthy, faithful one. 